What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many Many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cheekies and Chill. I have some very exciting news to share. So Apple Podcasts has this program called Spotlight. Basically, they pick one podcast they love and highlight it for an entire month so that more people can find it. That's right. Apple's editorial team listens to thousands of podcasts, and they chose Cheekies and Chill. It's the first iHeart podcast to be highlighted, so I'm super excited about this. So if it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. And I'm so happy you're here. And if you've been with me for a while, you know how I feel about you. Los amo. Cheekies and Chill is my comfort zone. I talk about anything and everything. Since I have you here, I wanted to remind you of some of my favorite episodes. We have one on cheating and betrayal, losing my mom, Jenny, and a really important one with my fertility doctor on freezing my eggs. And of course, I've had interviews with some special guests. So be sure to check those out too. New episodes drop every Monday, you guys. Rate, subscribe to Cheekies and Chill. Don't forget. Now, let's start the show. The one and only Whitney Cummings. Fame has changed. People either come up to you, they know what you've had for breakfast, they've seen all my specials, and their friend is like, who's that? 
like I was taught, like you need to have your children early so that you can grow up with them. That stuff is wild to me. And I think the reason that I actually am chill about the kids thing is I froze my eggs when I was 33. Younger guys know that dating younger girls is an actual liability. 20 year olds aren't that good at sex. Yeah, they're still learning. I know I wasn't that great in my 20s. Hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited for today's episode. It's going to be a really great one. That's because I have an incredible guest with us today. In my opinion, she's one of the funniest people on the planet, and I can't wait to talk to her. So let's get into this. This is Cheekies and Chill. almost feel like this person doesn't even need an introduction. She's a comedian, actor, writer, producer, director, and podcast host. She also just released her fifth comedy special, Whitney Cummings Jokes, on Netflix now, you guys. Okay, our guest is the one and only Whitney Cummings. How are you, Whitney? I feel like I just witnessed a like a broadcasting masterclass. <laughs> I wanted to do it really nice for you, okay? <laughs> but the things that you, you guys, they're going to cut out a couple of things that I just witnessed, but I uh-huh. just witnessed the most pro badass gangster shit. Like that was incredible. Oh, please. And you know what else you didn't do? That was, you know what? Keep all that in you or, or pull it and put it on something because I want people to see the way that you handled, like you said something a way that you didn't exactly want to. Uh-huh. and a lot of people when they do that go oh I said that wrong and they go sorry sorry and they get all you just were like no this is what human beings do and I'm just gonna fix it not waste everybody's time with my perfectionism shit and you just went you said something you're like she's here up take three one two and she's with us today that was incredible (laughs) thank you so much and then you also said something that just made me fall in love with you and I'm gonna steal this which is someone off camera asked you if you wanted something and you Uh answer you just went surprise me yeah you know what? When I don't know what the hell I want, I'm like, you know, that was that was actually my assistant. She's like, what do you want to eat? I was like, I don't know. Surprise me. I was like, just make me happy today. <laughs> I mean, but that's a magical way of looking at it instead of like, you know, I want my sugar snap peas. With it. You just surprise me. And then the person that works for you gets to actually feel valued. And that's an incredible thing to do for the people that work for you. <laughs> Thank you. For those of you who don't know who Whitney Cummings is, uh, I'm sorry. You're just, you need to know. (laughs) You need to know. You need to follow her on Instagram. (laughs) But really quick, don't you think there's a new kind of fame? Like fame has changed. There's like people either come up to you. They know what you've had for breakfast. You've changed their life. They have tears streaming down your face. They've read my book. They've seen all my specials. And then their friend is like, who's that? People either know you so well Mm -hmm. or they have never heard of you. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yep. It's like, it's, I'll go out in the world and like, I'll go to, you know, the airport and someone will be crying. Like, I know everything about you. And they'll, they'll know more about me than things that I've talked about that I forgot about. They'll be like, so how's your knee? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's right. I had a knee thing. And then the next person, like, I'll be at Starbucks. They'll be like, what's your name? And I'm like, Whitney. And they're like, what? Whitney? What? And I'm like, Uh nothing? Yeah. Nothing. Completely. I I totally get it. Absolutely. When did you realize that you were funny? When did you realize that you wanted to be a comedian? You know, it's interesting because aspiring to be a female comedian was never on the table. It's kind of like more unlikely than like the president of the United States. The idea of, you know what, I'm going to, there's no proof really that anyone wants to hear a woman 
complain for an hour and you have to pay them. And if you challenge them or talk back, security removes you. Like there's, you know, I think most people are like, I don't want to hear my own wife talk that long or my own girlfriend Mm -hmm. or, you know. So I saw growing up a lot of men that were shushing women that were like, stop whining, stop complaining. Women's feelings were a burden. You know, Mm -hmm. women's feelings were dramatic and and hysterical and hypervigilant. We were, were crazy. We're psychos. And I watched that. And then, you know, I would watch women be kind of shape shift for a man and try to sort of be this perfect Stepford housewife. And then when the guy wasn't around, it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. It was just like, joke, joke, burn, burn. You know, and I was like, this is so, I know this is funny. I think that, you know, guys are so trained to believe as soon as a woman has an opinion or as soon as a woman, you know, she's, you know, judging you, she's emasculating you, whatever. But I was like, I know the medicine that I got growing up, you know, my favorite show growing up is also Roseanne, where it's a family that's just roasting each other. That's how, that's how my family, we would just make for Thanksgiving, Christmas. I mean, looking back, it, it would probably be categorized as like emotional abuse today. <laughs> and also my last name is coming. So I also got bullied so much. I had to learn to be able to defend myself. And is it still very, now that you're like in it, like, is it still very male dominated? You know, it's interesting because I don't think it has is a bad thing if something is dominated in some way. Like no one complains about like women dominate the field of nursing. Like yeah, yeah. no one's men aren't mad about that. You know, it's like the veterinary practice. Vet, vets are ninety percent women. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that it's okay. It just doesn't matter. You know, I think right. that when we get so wrapped up and this is male dominated, the men in comedy are more sensitive than most of the women I know. So. <laughs> It's like, is it male dominated? These guys yeah. are, I've seen most of these men cry over a, a negative comment on Twitter. Now that you just said that, I guess it's been embedded, you know, and I've seen it in, in my genre. It is more male dominated. But now that you said it that way, I'm like, you know what? I like that. I'm going to adopt that because I'm like, you know what? You're right. We have some masculine qualities, which are mm-hmm. traditionally masculine. I think those labels just have to change. And I'm not saying it, we're all one gender. I have my own thoughts about all that shit. That's yeah. what my whole new hour is about. But this is like comedians, you've heard their podcast. And the reason they're all getting so successful and going to this other level, Dak Shepard included and all this, is because they're being vulnerable. They're going on podcasts or they're going up on stage and they're going, I feel insecure. I have depression. Yeah, That's right. that, what the women mm-hmm. are supposed to be doing, talking about their feelings. Mm-hmm. And then I go on stage and I'm just like, I'm doing the dick jokes. And I'm like, I feel like (laughs) I'm the only man doing comedy. You know, so it's like, it's really hard because comedians have a lot of traditionally feminine qualities and the women that do it have some traditionally masculine qualities. So it's kind of like- I get it. Give and take. In a weird way. Yeah. I kind of like put, but in terms of, you know, I think that the domination of the business, because now the internet- on YouTube, be able to do podcasts. There's less gatekeepers, and the mm-hmm. gatekeepers used to be male, and now the gatekeepers, you know, if anyone, it's going to be like the YouTube algorithm or whatever. So, I think it's it's changing, but I don't think it necessarily has to because comedy is a reflection of what's going on in the world, and comedy is fashion. And to make a comedian takes a really long time. So, I believe that there's a lot of female comedians right now, they're in their gestation period. So it, it can't change right away. You can't just go, we want more female. They're, well, they haven't been made yet. They haven't right. been inspired enough to get into this business by the people like 
us, you know, because it right. went Phyllis Diller made Joan Rivers and then a couple others. Mm-hmm. And then Joan Rivers made, you know, Sarah Slur- and a couple others. So it's going to keep getting bigger. But I always tell female comics, they're so eager now to go like, I, we want this to be equal. But it's like, you're, you don't have the skill yet. And the worst thing you can do as a female comedian is get seen before you're ready. And then it's, well, female comics suck. We knew it. People are like, oh, maybe I feel like a bad feminist when I say this, but I'm like, you've, yes, you are a female. Yes, you're funny, but you've only been doing this for three years. You don't deserve to be on that stage yet. You're so fucking honest. I love it. I'm just telling you, I'd say the same thing to a guy, you know, but the guys are on stage. He's been doing this for 30 years. So mm-hmm. you're going to get on stage and you're going to suck because mm-hmm. you're just not ready yet. And then you're going to sort of reinforce all of these stereotypes that are holding you down. Dude, I wish that you were my freaking friend when I started my career (laughs) as a singer in 2015, 2014. I would have saved myself so much fucking trouble because that's exactly what it is. It's like they already want to say, okay, girls suck at singing banda because it's very, very like masculine type of music. And so I wasn't ready. And I came out and they brought out a song and it's just like, see, I told you guys exactly what you said. I'm like, oh, my God, that's what the freak happened. But you know what? Fuck it. It's been how many years now? Almost like eight. So... Yeah. It's, but it's also, I've done a lot of things before I was ready. I think I wrote a book before I was ready. I had a TV show before I was ready. Like, I know what it's like to like have the talent and do the hard work. The key is having faith that it is going to happen. And you only know in your heart, you have to know in your heart that you're going to put the work in. But I think a lot of women right now are confusing the difference between empowerment and entitlement. Mm. And it's not empowering for you, you don't get to go on stage before you're ready. It's like it's like being an athlete. You don't get to get be in the game yet. You're not a starter yet. Being a woman now in terms of like this, being a strong feminist or being empowered, it doesn't mean bullying and guilting people into giving you something you don't deserve just because you're a girl. But I believe for all of us women, because I think we're all wired to believe we have such a short window because we're going to expire. We're going to get old. We're going to get whatever. That's the self-limiting belief that keeps us down. So it's like, yes, that's a, it was put on us. But when you go, the best is yet to come, bitch. Like I'm going to get hotter as I get older. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to get better. My life is not over at 35. I don't get to send out to pasture. That's fucking bullshit. Most of the people that buy tickets, products are women. And women do not mind if you have crow's feet. They don't mind if you have the flabby arm. They don't give a shit. So stop living your life according to the male gaze of, oh, I'm running out of time because I'm going to be old soon. That's their shit. It's all about the talent, the gift, and what you have to sell and take off that expiration. I'm going to have kids by then, so I'm not going to be able to achieve my goal. Moms are actually, after you give birth, you have more testosterone. Moms are actually better at running businesses they also get better at time management. The mom brain is better. All these things that we were told are going to hold us back are actually part of our superpowers. So let's just lean into them. Getting older is a good thing as a woman. I got it. I got it. And I'm so happy I asked you because I'm learning. Showing me to see things differently as well in my genre. So thank you for that. I think we all learned a freaking lesson right now. As an actor, a producer... And a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, 
State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offer great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. Came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... There's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday... You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. How old are you, Whitney? Just turned 40. Uh, that's right. You did have a birthday. Mm-hmm. When was it in um uh September 4th? September. Yes. Yeah. Oh, happy double birthday. Double Virgo. Double <laughs> Virgo. Thank yes. you. Okay, so tell us. I, I I love that. I honestly you're just inspiring me right now because sometimes it, it it I do get that. It's like I have no children. Oh my god, I'm 37 and I I'm not necessarily yeah. ready right now, but it's like I was taught like you need to have your children early so yeah. that you can grow up with them and you know, have energy and I'm just like, dude, I'm living. I'm chilling right now. But also the worst thing for a kid is to be brought into the world before you're ready. Mom has so much career ahead. Like that stuff is wild to me. And I think the reason that I actually am chill about the kids thing is number one, um, I froze my eggs when I was 33. And it is something I talked at length about in my book because I feel like I have to shout this from the rooftops because number one, when you freeze your eggs, it takes this pressure off. You know, in your 30s, when you're dating and you can only date someone through the lens of, will they be a good father? We can't help it, but we do that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or that you're dating someone at 34 and you start lowering your standards because you feel like you only have a couple years left. So you start negotiating with yourself, right? So the older you get, the lower your bar becomes. Like, oh yeah, I mean, he does have a chain wallet, but uh, what am I going to do? Start over? Or like, you know, yeah, he does follow... 30 porn stars on Instagram, but like, what am I, I mean, I'm 34. What am I going to start from scratch? Like, this is the best I can do given the biological limitations I have. So number one, it took off those biological limitations and you want to freeze your eggs young because they now have the technology that has just been actualized where they can freeze the eggs for 10 years and they do not get freezer burn in the dethawing process. So you have your 33-year-old eggs, which is the higher quality ones. You can put them in a surrogate, you can use them, whatever. But I cannot tell you the difference that made in my life. It is not cheap, which is why I tell people like like young girls, ask your parents for your graduation gift and your birthday Mm -hmm. gifts. Just like for 500 bucks a year and start putting it in a thing and then you'll have 10 grand eventually to be able to do this or whatever it costs. It's kind of different for everyone. Also, the more we talk about it, the goal is to get it covered by insurance Mm -hmm. and your company should be paying for this. Every woman should have access to egg freezing. Google started doing it. Yahoo, I think, and Facebook have done it already. I don't know if I'd want to freeze my eggs with Facebook, but um, (laughs) I'll take their money. Like, can you just send me the cash? Like, I don't want it. I don't want your egg freezing chamber over there. Um, You're taking our data and our genetics. Like, I don't know about that. So that is is huge, huge, huge in terms of uh, being able to take that weight off. But also, I have a very strong like instinct to adopt. Like I know that's something that, you know, for me, I like to go. I know what my genetics are. I know my DNA. Genetics load the gun. Environment pulls the trigger. But I feel like I would be so paranoid because I have so much addiction in my family and mental illness oh, of this see. kid having it. And there's 8,000 kids in Appalachia that were born into the fentanyl crisis. And what happens in foster care, just I I think about it all the time. Like, you know, there's sexual abuse within physical abuse. They put them on all these drugs. So it's not like trying to be a hero. It's just that might be the best fit for me personally as someone who's kind of scared to have biological kids Mm because I know, 
sort of what would be loaded genetically in their brain. That's crazy because I've thought about that. That's one of the reasons why I've held back. And I have thought about adoption. So now that you're like saying it, you're saying so many things that I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I haven't said it out loud because I'm like, how is that going to sound? But the truth is because everyone knows my family, but it's just like, I'm a little scared about it. But you could still have a biological kid. I mean, you could still, one of my best friends had a kid biologically at 42 and then another one at 43. She wasn't even trying. A lot of women do need help in that area, but we all deserve another 10 years. Our 20s were basically unconscious. Our 30s is like, okay, now I'm getting my business started and things are finally cracking for me. If I brought a child into this world right now, I'd, I'd be a bad mother. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pressure me to bring a child into this before I found the father. I got to find the perfect father first yeah, or the yeah, perfect yeah. sperm donor, whatever it is. But the irony is I think the people that are the most trepidatious about having kids are the ones that are the most qualified because they're thinking the way you think. That's why you will be such a great mother Thank because you. you're <laughs> you're waiting and doing it when it's right, not for reasons associated with guilt. Yeah. I don't want to feel pressured or do things because I feel forced, you know, and and I've been trying for a while to freeze my eggs, but I had like the situation with my ovaries and I had sister or whatnot. So I had to wait. So I'm going to start hopefully in October. God but willing. by the way, thank God you even just went in. Would mm-hmm. you have found out about the cyst thing? Oh, yeah. That's how I found out that I had one in there and that if I went through the process, it was just going to make my cyst grow bigger and bigger. So how many how many cycles did you go through? I just did one. I did one of uh, stabbing myself with the hormones, but uh-huh. it was actually kind of a, a a thing because I'd been on birth control pills for so long and I have okay. to be on them for migraines and stuff. But I had been on birth control for so long that by the time I went off it, it took a couple months to menstruate to start the cycle so that I could then start the shots. It was also very emotional. Like I tell people like, Freezing your eggs, not only because you're getting, you know, shot up with estrogen and you're more emotional anyway, because you're basically getting pregnant. I mean, you get four months pregnant, essentially, Mm -hmm. and you're getting pregnant with all these eggs. And ideally, the younger you are, the more you'll get, you know, and you've got 18 eggs that are super swollen. It's There's that of just the biochemical stuff and the neurochemical stuff. But I just was angry. I was like, I have to drive to a doctor 45 minutes, three times a week, just Mm because I'm a woman. Like, I was promised that women could have everything. It, it made me angry of like, we talk about sexism in Hollywood. We talk about sexism. In, no one talks about how sexist biology is, but mm-hmm. I don't know who to be mad at. God, like our bodies are the most sexist shit. My own body is rotting. It knows, of, my body of all people should know how well things are going. And now you're gonna yeah. rot on me? You think I, like, it I just know. made me angry. Mm-hmm. It made me angry that there are these biological limitations we have is the better you get as a woman, the more seasoned, the more intelligent, the less pregnant we can get. Whereas Mm -hmm. a 15 year old who knows jack shit about fuck, she can get pregnant easily. (laughs) Why does our biology want the dumbest people to get pregnant the fastest? Yeah. I'm just like that. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like I've, I've been holding back because I'm like, damn, I, I'm already, okay. I'm a cancer. I'm a, you know, so I'm already kind of emotional and I'm like, I'm trying, I meditate to like not be so, freaking emotional. But then I'm going to be injecting so many hormones in my body that I'm like, I feel like I just need to take two, three weeks off because I don't know how irritable I'm going to be, how emotional I'm going to be. Like all that shit scares the fuck out of me, to be honest. Do like I would like a self-care staycation of like all the movies and shows you need to catch up on and like have your girlfriend stop by and, you know, like I wish I had done that. I didn't do that. I didn't treat myself with tender, loving care when I froze. I 
was mad at my body. And oh, I, see. Mm -hmm. I think that had I had the brain like yours and been like, you know what, I'm going to take two weeks off and actually do it, you know, take care of yourself. I didn't think that way. I was like, I just have to jam this in between all the other things I have going on. And I'm, it was like a resentful chore, mm -hmm. but I was just emotionally not in acceptance at the time of like, okay. oh, or of, you know, I made this movie about um, neuroscience called The Female Brain, and it's about sort of the differences between male and female brains. And um, that healed me from my anger towards all of the ways that women are labeled as crazy, sensitive, emotional, because actually all of those are superpowers that are why the, our species proliferated in tribal times before streetlights, before security guards, you know, yeah. being hypervigilant. So to, you say crazy, I say hypervigilant. You mean I just have super hearing and I can feel with my gut that your ex is texting you because I'm fucking psychic. Yeah. And like you're going <laughs> to, and they gaslight us into going like, uh -huh. well, you're crazy because we're yes. fucking magical witches. We're magical mm -hmm. witches, you know? So it's like we're obsessive about squeezing zits on your, yeah, that is how we used to expunge infection from the body. Uh, grooming serves a really important purpose in human history. 2,000 years ago, that could mean the difference between life or death. That's why we get yeah. serotonin from squeezing zits and pulling hairs that. and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So when I was in the space of freezing my eggs, I was just so mad at my body. And then you're like, wait a second, I can make a person? Like I can feel mm -hmm. if so, who someone's texting. Like we have all these incredible superpowers. And I'm like, you know what? The freezing eggs thing, we can take them out, put them in. I'm a, literally a magician. I'm yeah. a, I am Harry Potter at this point, you know? <laughs> so it helped me change the way I looked at the things that I felt like were holding me back as a woman, you know? Yeah. I swear everything we've talked about help, has helped me so freaking much. So this is like, now I'm going to look at it that way. I'm going to just meditate my way through it. And it's also like when I have a criticism of myself in stopping and just, I like to think all of our thoughts, because most of our inner monologue is not ours. Most of it is mm -hmm. the messages we got growing up or the survival instincts and coping mechanisms that we developed and the stories and the narratives that we need to believe in order to rationalize whatever was going on in our family of origin, like in our household yeah. growing up. So the idea of like, you know, uh, mom won't pay attention to me. Well, I must be ugly and I'm not lovable and I'm, I have to be perfect. But, whereas she's just busy, but, mm -hmm. but children don't know the difference and to self-soothe, they have to make a narrative to make it their fault. Cause it's, the, they have to keep their parents on a pedestal. Otherwise you'll go crazy. Like yeah, you yeah. can't, the thing that's responsible for your survival at that young of an age, if you think they're flawed in any way, it's just too annihilating to the psyche and you're in too much danger all the time. So you have to blame yourself. And so those self-limiting beliefs or whatever ancestral trauma, ancestral programming, a lot of people don't talk about enough of like how we get epigenetic, like imprinting in utero, the same way that a crack baby is addicted mm -hmm. to crack because those were the chemicals that were in the body when the baby right. was in gestation, the neurochemicals also do the same thing, adrenaline, cortisol. So mm -hmm. if you are in utero in a mom who was stressed out in a bad marriage, you know, which all of our moms had stress, Let's yeah. even if they didn't, they did. That was just mm -hmm. that generation. So I was an accident. So I was the second, you know, and so she was stressed out and dealing with the first baby and dealing with this one that's coming, you know. So I was born addicted to adrenaline and cortisol and I would subconsciously gravitate towards it all the time. I was the person that was dating drug addicts and guys that were married, but didn't tell me to just chaos. And mm -hmm. then just a little lesson I've learned in life. Anyone who says they hate drama 
loves drama. So I was the person that was like, but I just hate drama, but I hate drama, but I'm the one driving to his house. It was so subconscious. It was so like I needed that neurochemical balance because yeah. that's familiar. You know, it was that, that was my equilibrium, you know? So I think also learning what your threshold is for adrenaline right. cortisol based on your ancestral trauma and your family of origin. Because basically we tend to, Harville Hendricks wrote this amazing book, um, psychiatrist about how we're attracted to people that have the negative qualities of our primary caretaker. So essentially, I know, as you move <laughs> through the world and you're like, but usually if you're magnetically attracted to someone like that, that is, you know, our society is basically alchemized that into like butterflies and love at first mm-hmm. sight. That is fear. That is your body. Yeah. Tell, that is your gut telling you this person's trouble and it's activating the basically fight or flight response in your brain. Yes, because it's like this guy is a drug all of a sudden because he's creating this drama and mystery and I don't know what he's thinking and I I have to be perfect for him and all my coping mechanisms are going to shine because to have to part with our coping mechanisms, there's also a lot of loss there, you know? Mm -hmm. We call them Christmas trees, the people that when you walk in a room and you're just like, like I used to the most divorced guy with the most personality disorders, like smoking inside in the corner. I'm like, yeah, like Uh that's just like my drug, you know, and it's not about him. Mm -hmm. It's not about him. And so for a lot of women, they're like, this guy's so toxic that I'm still with. He drives me nuts. It's like, what are you getting out of this? Why are you staying? And it's important to know this person either gives me the hit of adrenaline I want, in which case I go, why don't you just go to a fucking Six Flags every couple days? I don't Uh know. There's other ways to get that adrenaline fix. Or is your addiction fixing other people? Is your Mm -hmm. addiction rescuing people? You know, codependence, the three M's, mothering, micromanaging, and martyring. That is me. (laughs) We all are wired to recreate our childhood circumstances and find those familiar dynamics, you know? But most of our thoughts are total science fiction. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. look at my thoughts anymore as facts. I used to. Mm -hmm. This person thinks I'm a piece of shit. Whoa, it's not true. And I fancy myself someone who is a truth teller and is very honest. And I'm going to believe that fucking garbage. So it's just a thought. It's just an old thing that, oh, I must, oh, I developed that when I was a kid. And oh yeah, I, that worked, that, those thoughts worked really well when I was five, six, seven years old. Now I just am carrying around in my arsenal, a bunch of tools that are obsolete, a bunch of weapons Mm -hmm. to fight a war that's been over for 30 years, you know, and now they're working. So, but I like to anthropomorphize them with a, in a kind way and be like, oh, there's that inner bully who's mm-hmm. actually trying to help me. When people say inner bully, I don't think that's a perfect way to say it because I would say like inner helper. Like that's your inner helper. That's your inner champion because it's your psyche's trying to make you feel safe and get out of a dangerous situation mm-hmm. or it's just not our, it's not ours. Yeah. Oh my. I look at my thoughts like a Star Wars movie. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I actually think she doesn't like me. Isn't that weird? Oh, gosh. I actually think that that person on the internet that just called me a busted whore, like, I just, like, agreed with him, you know, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then go, oh, that's not mine and that's not true. Most of our thoughts are projections from little survival protectors that was like, is this going to happen again? Because this happened when we were five and we're not going to let this happen again. So here's Mm -hmm. the thought to keep you safe. And you're like, no. I don't need that anymore. So I like to kindly say to my own thoughts, like, thank you. You can sit on the bench. I see what's happening. So you also have to be kind to your own inner bully because 
our brain isn't designed to hurt us. It's only designed to help us. So if anything in your brain isn't on your side, it's a perception issue. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. 
So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You live in L.A., Whitney? Yes, ma'am. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I live in Chatsworth. We need to hang. I need to sit down with you. I want to go to lunch. I, like, have learned so much. Like, you've inspired me. on like I felt like through Instagram, like, I feel like, okay, I know you, but that's just, I don't know. I want to read your book. I want to, like, I'm like, dude, I can learn so much from you. Like, you're blowing my fucking mind right now. I'm like, wait a second. It feels nice to sit with someone and be like, I'm learning something. These are the type of Mm -hmm. friendships and relationships I want. So thank you for that. I'm like... Dude, she's speaking straight to me right now. <laughs> you know, addiction can even be a superpower. I identify as an addict and I come from a lot of addiction. But if you can use that super ch- machine of addiction, which is basically our, our brains don't hold dopamine the same way in our dopamine receptors. It's just like a yeah. brain disease that I think can actually be an advantage. If you, So I got lucky uh, and was able to turn my addictive personality for good. I use it with yeah. work and I use it with rescuing animals and I use it with uh, Operation Smile, which is, you know, uh, we go to third world countries and um, help uh, kids that were born with cleft palates and cleft lips. And, you know, so it's like, I, I get lucky. I got lucky. Yes. During the pandemic, I went a little crazy with the edibles and I was like, oh, I, that, I know where that can go. Like uh-huh. I, that's, that's a, that's a no for me because, mm-hmm. but I made my addiction to work more important, you know? So now it would be the, oh, the edibles are just getting in my way of making great work. So that's got to go. So there's also a way to change what you're addicted to. I like to call healthy addictions, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of being addicted to whatever it is, whether it's, you know, drugs or a person or sex or porn or gambling or whatever, like what if you just got addicted to promoting yourself on Instagram, starting that podcast that you show, you know, writing that book, like there's a way to do Mm -hmm. it. And to be able to just sort of change what your brain is addicted to is I think, and all the things that, you know, ostensibly are supposed to be shortcomings, I see as positives. It's like, oh, you have OCD. It's like, no, dude, I'm not sending Mm -hmm. in the book until it is perfect. I've done 12 drafts like this is a good thing for me. I don't want to dull that part of myself. It's a superpower. I don't want to dull it. I mean, honestly, I can talk to you all freaking day. I've learned so much and I feel like there's so much we have to talk about. Like we have, we're both dating younger men. I have a lot of questions. Oh gosh. So (laughs) yeah. How old? He is um, seven years younger. So I'm 37. He just turned 30. So it's, it's been fun. Love it. Love it. Great sex. It's awesome. So yeah. (laughs) It's also younger guys they grew up with Beyonce, like in Oprah, like they love yeah, women. They respect true. women. And they also know 
I think inherently that dating younger girls is an actual liability because they tweet if you have bad sex, they'll cancel you. Uh (laughs) If you didn't eat them out perfectly, you're a rapist. Um, But uh, it's really exciting. I also think it's like the smart ones also know that like 20 year olds aren't that good at sex. Yeah, they're still learning. They're still learning. I know I wasn't that great in my 20s. <laughs> no. Like, I, we got there. But, like, these guys that are dating, like, I'm dating this hot 20-year-old. I'm like, cool. Like, so you have to jerk yourself off? Like, I don't know how this works. Like, you have to give someone a tutorial on how to give a hand job. Like, what? Is that your kink? Teaching? Oh like, ugh. So, um, uh, I freaking love you, dude. I, I honestly think you're a total vibe. If you guys have not watched Whitney Cummings jokes. You guys have to watch it on Netflix. I already said it in the beginning, but like you have to go watch it. And also you need to follow her on Instagram. Can you share your socials with me, Whitney, please? Yes. Just Whitney Cummings, Whitney Cummings on um, Instagram, Twitter, WhitneyCummings.com is my website. I'm about to do a big fa- uh, project on OnlyFans. That is the roasts. Nice. Remember when the Comedy Central roasts and we used to do these like savage fl- Friars Club roasts and everyone's too scared to do roasts now because of this like mirage mm-hmm. of like PC culture killed comedy. That's not true. Yeah. It's like 2000 people on Twitter um, that aren't even buying tickets so it's a better time than ever to do comedy edgy comedy whatever but only fans is the best place to do it because it's like instead of dirty videos instead of dirty photos it's dirty jokes I love it so I'll have an OnlyFans page soon and that is where OnlyFans is that's where you make the money honey (laughs) it's by the way it's also way less pornographic than Twitter or Instagram at this point it's like teachers in bikinis and they're making an extra 200 grand a year on top of their 30 grand salary. And it's like awesome. You know what? I think I'm going to do an OnlyFans and just talk about shit that I can't really, you know, say on social media. So I'm going to do it there. 100%. It'll be massive. I mean, yeah. the, uh, Bad Baby makes $20 million a month. Cardi B, I mean. Dude, that is freaking in. Well, you guys. You know what? We got to talk about that too. And Whitney, I am so happy that you were on. Like I said, I think I said it like 10 times. I've learned so much already. I want your cell phone number. We need to kick it. Yes, please. And you guys know that I always have a quote for you at the end of every episode of Cheekies and Chill. The quote for today is, I found I was more confident when I stopped trying to be someone else's definition of beautiful and started being my own. You guys, that's the quote. That's all I have for you today. Whitney, again, muchas gracias. Sending you a big old hug and I'll see you soon. We live down the street from each other. <laughs> yes, yes, we're hanging, whether you yes, like it or not. Yes, we're hanging. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love you so much. Do you need advice on love, relationships, health, imas? I'm so excited to share with you that my Cheekies and Chill podcast will have an extra episode drop each week. I'll be answering all your questions. Just leave me a voice message con todas tus preguntas y yo te las voy a contestar personalmente. All you have to do is go to speakpipe.com slash cheekies and chill podcast and record your questions. I can't wait to hear from you. This is a production of iHeartRadio and the My Cultura Podcast Network. Follow us on Instagram at My Cultura Podcast and follow me, Chiquis, that's C-H-I-Q-U-I-S. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en, en riesgo, riesgo de, de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.